it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Okay, guys. Let's play a little hockey. Yes, here we are, and the uh, I guess we should have come back two weeks ago, but I was like, yeah, nothing happened yet, but here we are, lots of hockey has been happening, a lot of hockey is happening right now because there's two teams just won't die, and uh, the NHL Network is rubbing in by having Gabby on the air right now, that's great, uh, <laughs> we're completely in the swing of uh, full-on playoff hockey, um, I'm Dan. Censored Gabby is kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's there. I guess he's just, he's done right now. Yeah. Well, that was the theory. He had he promised his wife he was done after Minnesota, but uh, I'm sure he's just waiting for his next job. That's uh, Kelly Levy. Follow her at Sked Central. Uh, Paul Baker's here. Putman, all right. Dave Cotney, our guest at Profan. Not. <clears throat> um. So, how 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 do we feel about hockey thus far? You know, in this pandemic world that we live in, and uh, we talked about our reservations. I'll ask our guest first, Dave. Uh, you know, we all had our reservations. Here we go. I know, I know, it's not your, your the big thing for you, but uh, it's gone off without a hitch so far. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, not too, not too bad. Uh, they don't have any, uh, you know, Cardinals going off to casinos or, or starting pitchers going out and partying in Chicago. So, <laughs> Oops. so you know, the negative tests haven't been there. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's been okay. I, I know, Dan, you were saying you don't really watch with the, um, with the sound on a lot of the times, but it's to me, it's just not the same. Like the sound. The sound is really lacking in um, the EA sports thing or, or whatever they're doing with the sound is it's okay. But uh, I know we talked last week on stadium journey about um, that, that bad hit that, that uh, Jake Muzzin took in the Leafs game. 
and I, I didn't actually see the hit. Uh, I ended up turning it on um, as he was laying down on the ice and they were, you know, doing whatever and bringing out the stretcher. And it was, it was so creepy quiet. Like there wasn't even that, that low buzz where people are just talking in the stands quietly. Like it was, it was dead silent. And then the poor commentators, they don't really know what to say. And, and, you know, they, what to say he's faking. Yeah, it was, it was dead. It was the deadest dead air ever. I, um, the very little that I've heard, cause I've been watching the, uh, well, I mean, I'm watching all the games, but I, we were eating dinner right before the show and watching the, uh, the Leafs. No, sorry. That was not on purpose. I am so sorry. The lightning and the blue jackets. God, I'm going to get so much hell for that. About three people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was blue. I'm sorry. Um, it's really the first game that I've paid attention to, to the sound. And I guess my only complaint is, is I would rather hear the cussing and the yelling at each other than the, uh, the, over. I, that's what I'd really, I'd rather hear that than any announcers. I'll get on my Mike Milbury thing uh, in a second, um, which will, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll get letters for that too, but luckily my Facebook is turned off for three days, so I can't get it there. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> Paul, what do you think so far? Um, well, I've kind of been taking uh, the early games kind of like the Boston Bruins did. Yeah, <laughs> they actually came out and said, hey, it's preseason. Um, yeah. But you know what? Watching this Tampa-Columbus game, I'm back in, baby. Back. <laughs> I am back on board. Kelly, you've watched them all with me. How about you? Um, yeah, it's been an interesting experiment. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we watched most of it on mute because we cannot stand the commentary. And, um, I agree the the fake crowd noise is just, it's just distracting because it doesn't, I don't, I don't know who's doing it, but you can tell they're either very limited by what they can do, or it's not a hockey fan doing the sound. It, it's, it's, it's very bizarre to me. Um, the crowd just gets cranked up at odd times and then is very quiet at other times when normally you would hear the crowd really react so it's it's just kind of off-putting and it seems Um, like it's on a delay sometimes too it's like yeah which which, which button do i push (laughs) i was about i was about to say that too guys is uh i've watched well until this weekend i've watched all the sixers games um i was watching the phillies games and Compared to hockey, those two broadcasts seem to have got it. Uh, you have the benefit of having a really small playing court for basketball where they have the uh, big HD LEDs all uh, surrounding the whole court, and they've been putting fans on Zoom in there. And it's – I mean, it's, it's, it's not really distracting. It's just different. It's cool to see, but it sounds like you're – it sounds like a game more than hockey. Hockey, there's like – I think part of the problem is is they're playing the sounds for both the home and the visiting team. Yeah, they seem to forget the home the home team. <laughs> the Flyers one seemed really really bad. Uh where they would score it just it just was kind of like a smack it like wow, that was not at all. Yeah, it was 
Um, yeah, some of the round robin games were really, really terrible. Um, it was it was like being at a Caps game in in the uh, early two thousands when the crowd actually was seventy five percent the visiting team. <laughs> so they would cheer us out of the building all the time. Um, yeah, that's been that's been the the weirdest uh, part for me. Do you know if the others? Oh, I thought that was in. Uh, do you know if the other sports um, have the broadcast teams there? Because baseball does not. Baseball doesn't. Okay. Because hockey's basketball. Remote. I believe basketball. They're all there. They're in a because they're in a bubble, just like uh, hockey. Right. They have them in the booth, and from what I'm to understand, and the pictures I've seen, there is plexiglass at each seat at the booth, so yeah. you can still communicate verbally the way you would if there was no plexiglass there, but they are separated while they're up in the booth, just in case, I guess. Right. Because I know for the first round of hockey, at least it was the broadcast teams were remote, or at least for the round robin they were, which was weird. I was wa- I was watching one of the games and there was a distinct delay, <laughs> so the guy was talking about what was had already happened on the on the video feed, and since we watch on the internet connection, it's you know they were well behind the the live feed. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that that's been my my biggest uh, complaint as a audience member. It, it's just like going live and putting the radio in your ear, like you got that. <laughs> yeah, you got that seven second delay. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan doesn't say anything bad. Um, I'll tell you what my biggest complaint watching uh, the round robin and the first Mike Milbury. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I guess that in this in this world you're supposed to fake respect somebody automatically because of their time somewhere and I, I get it. I happen to live on the you know, you earn the respect. It's not just automatic, no matter what you do, you earn it. Um that's just me though. I I, I was raised on too many political com- comedians and music. That's just me. Um all due respect to Mike Milbury and his hockey career, not so much his coaching career. Yeah, I know, Paul. Back me up for this, okay, by the way, when I'm done. Um, he makes me want to listen to Pierre uh, Maguire. Ouch! Whoa, whoa! Everyone, we have a hot take. Ooh. <laughs> I, I know I'm a no... I, see, here's the thing. Let me preface this. I know my place on the totem pole of hockey and, air quotes, broadcasting is at the very bottom. I get it. I know who I am. I know I'm a nobody, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, uh, if he knows the game of hockey and nobody – and there's somebody there, male or female, that doesn't know it better than him, we're in trouble. Uh, he, I, he, I, I just – I can't. That is part of – it's one of the main reasons – and a couple of other play-by-play guys that I do watch it on mute because I have no interest in listening to the NBC broadcast. The NBC broadcasts are bad. I, I've seen very little of the Canadian broadcast this year, except for what was airing on the NHL network during the round robin. I, uh, he, uh, he pisses me off. <laughs> he pisses me off, Paul. Yeah, and uh, you were just saying about his resume. What is so great about his resume besides the fact that it's long? Because, I mean, he had a decent career. He was never an all-star. He played played a good 14, 12, 14 years. He had a good career. 
was always just kind of a middle-of-the-road guy, a team guy, never put up big stats, was never an all-star. Um, then he went into management, and he did a horrible job. He, uh, everywhere he's gone, he's left messes for people to clean up, whether it's the Bruins, the Islanders, Boston College. Everywhere he's ever taken a job, he screwed it up. So I don't understand why he is uh, deserving of our respect any more so than someone else. I've had certain discussions on social media about him in the past, and I've been told based on a resume, I'm not allowed to say those things. Well, I'm here to tell you, Mike Milbury sucks eggs, okay? (laughs) He sucks eggs, (laughs) and the thing that pisses me off most about it, and it's it's not even – if he was from the Flyers and he said this bad – I would even be more angry that they were like, can you get him off, please? Like, even fa- just go. And it, uh, what pissed me off more with all of the people they were rotating in and out, and let me preface this for those who want to call me a social justice curmudgeon, all those people, male or female, that they rotated in and out during the round robin when there were six games every day or whatever, that sound better, and that's what they went with. It pisses me off. <laughs> I'm stuck with it. It's, it's bad. It drags the rest of the broadcast down where, like I said, that's why I watched it on mute most of the time. So I wasn't going to use a, plan, a pandemic to go, well, I missed this so much. Let me leave my – and plus I've gone deaf in one ear. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> well, isn't there – like there's a little bit of a subculture in hockey where there's the attitude that, you know, well, you didn't play the game and – and I know, and you don't. And and to me, Milbury fits into this this group who have who have come through. Uh, Don Cherry would totally fit into that group. Um, up here, it seems that Don Cherry's place has been taken by Brian Burke. Um, you know, they just Sorry. give this air of of like you're stupid to the viewer. Right, Pierre Maguire is is he's similar in a less condescending way. He's not condescending. That's the thing. That is the thing. Exactly. You nailed it. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room, but doesn't want to make you feel stupid about it. You know, Mike Milbury wants to make you feel stupid about about watching hockey, liking hockey. You know. Brian Burke, the same way. Um, Bob McKenzie, who was a, a, a TV, you know, insider for TSN, same sort of arrogance that I just don't feel like. To me, you don't get that with baseball commentators. Maybe because they have to talk so much and they have to fill like dead time. You feel like you have more of a relationship with a with a baseball commentator than some of these color guys in hockey who are you know, just arrogant. I, I will give Mike Milbury credit for this. I thought he was pretty darn good in that 30 for 30, uh, the big shot one on John Spanos. <laughs> he was fine. Yeah, he's good as uh, – he's, oh, he's good he, in interview position. He relished the chance to uh, uh, get rid of any of his uh, part in yeah. that response. <laughs> he was all about, oh, yes, it was all Spanish. We had no idea what was going on. Okay, Mr. Hockey Guy, <laughs> you're the one who were ma- was making the trades, buddy. <laughs> you're the one who gave Yash in that contract. <laughs> I never thought of that. 
Roberto Luongo? Who wants to sign that kid goalie? (laughs) Chara? Who wants that huge giraffe of a man? We don't need him. (laughs) Let's sign Rick DiPietro. (laughs) Exactly. No, he, they drafted him first overall. And signed and, him for and, like 30 and traded, years. And traded Luongo to, to get him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Milbury. That one didn't Hockey really guy. work out. Mike Milbury, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so to add on to what you were saying, Dave, it, it, it's, it, I put it alongside of the same kind of mentality, and I'm not going down this road, so I'm just using it as a comparison. Of people, when you complain about certain people in charge in the United States, uh, in charge, and they say, well, if you don't love it, leave. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, all right. See you later. I can't, but when I can, fine. But I, I, it's, it's like, no, I, I'm pointing this out to make it better. You're allowed to like something. And. Criticize. criticize. Go ahead, uh, Kel. No, I was just hoping you, you seemed lost for the word. <laughs> oh, there. I was. You I can, am lost. Oh my you god! You can I'm so like lost. something and criticize it. Yes, you're allowed to let. You're allowed to like something and criticize that because you want it to be, or what you think is better, or discuss together how can we make it better. And we should discuss the six other people that I could write down and I'll have next week from the round robin tournament that I can do a better job than Mike Milbury. Put him back at the bench at least. The, uh, not the bench, the table. Although Keith Jones was probably like, I don't want – can you put him – I don't want him here, please. I don't like him there either. <laughs> but, I know, but I can mute him because it's not during the game. But here's, uh, here's, Oh, I got to do something else. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> here's what we've got to do. And I, I would say that as the generations have gone further and further along, we, we've been really poor at doing this. Um, when when you don't like Mike Milbury and he's on NBC, then then you turn it off, right? So one of the things, and I've taken flack for this at home. Uh, oh. I, I'm one of the I'm one of the very very few Canadians who who doesn't I don't get into the World Junior Hockey Championship tournament. And, and one of the big reasons was that Pierre, that was Pierre Maguire's real coming out party. He had. Uh, he had come out of, of, I think it was Hartford at the time where he was an executive and, and he was out. Um, he had gone, he was, was he in Pittsburgh before Hartford? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't remember. So yeah, they, they answered the question. Just just think of a bad team in the early eighties, a really (laughs) bad team. Pierre Maguire was there. And and (laughs) you know, he's, he's like a nice enough guy and whatnot, but I, I couldn't stand him on the world junior tournament because Every player coming through through the Canadian team was a can't-miss prospect. It was like every guy on that team was going to be drafted first overall. And, and it, it just became too much. And, you know, I, I shut it off. I stopped watching. And that's, that's what we have to do. We have to shut it off. Like, I, I compared to, uh, you know, we, I, I was in line at a Tim Hortons once. It was a really slow Tim Hortons. There was this woman in front of me, and she's just barking and screaming about how slow the service is, and she's yelling at the people working and this and that. And the other thing, I'm like, you got two legs. Like, 
take your, make your money powerful, right? Like your money now has no power. If you're just going to stand there and complain about it, right? What you, Canada was complaining and rude? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> American. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed American. In that life. was American lady? I don't By know. the way, McGuire was in Pittsburgh before Hartford. Okay. But yeah, just like take your money, take your power, and leave. You know, take your eyeballs and, and say, hey, or, or, you know, tweet it out. Hey, NBC, uh, watch like the first 10 minutes, couldn't stand Mike Milbury, turned it off, right? And I know it's it's funny, we're going to talk about the Leafs, and that's always been like the Leafs, well, don't go or don't watch. Well, you know, that's what you Where else do. am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was my next point. It's the thing is, is if I really want to watch hockey, so I just mute it, and most of the time I keep I keep quiet about it. But, I, again, I had this game unmuted, and I was just I, – I judge if I'm overreacting about things by if Kelly's reacting. And Kelly was reacting the same way about Mike. So I was like, okay, if you're rolling your eyes, my eye roll is justified in this one. Um, and also to add – and then, Paul, take over after me. It looks like you're going to say something. Just to add to what you're saying, Dave uh, – you know, I, I really want to watch hockey, but also to that first thing you said about this and Kelly kind of added on to it, this cricket, this, this notion that you're not allowed to question the older guard is why in general, not to pick on anybody uh, particularly in the world right now, but in general, why we are where we are mentally and physically. How about that? I'll say it like that. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, and my, my complaint about Milbury is that he's trying maybe too hard to have the you – know, it's like he's on the internet. He's trying to have the hot take. Like when Muzzin got hurt. Well, he's faking because he needs a rest. He's tired. Guy got carried out on a stretcher. Um, just now in the Columbus-Tampa game, which is about to go into a fifth overtime, it looks like. But before the third overtime, he says, I think we should start doing what we do in the regular season. We should play three-on-three uh, three or have a shootout in the playoffs. It's, I don't know. Maybe there are some people who agree with him, but it seems like he's stretching too hard to be relevant. The, I actually forgot about this comment, but the comment that he made about the end of, how it looks like an NWHL oh, yes, game. Yes. Forgot about that. While that might be true, why did you feel the need to say that in this environment these days? Why did you feel the need that you had to measure your penis at that moment? Because hockey has no other voices. It is the most homogeneous group by far in professional sports. There are no dissenting voices. Um, and we've seen the, the, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, <laughs> the the guy running the signs at the overtime game is killing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the guy in Edmonton. Thank you, fans. <laughs> no, no. In uh, they they had one uh, during play where it was uh, down at the corner. Um, you know when the action was down at the Columbus end, and they kind of panned up enough, and and the the sign just said still overtime. And now they're they're in this last I guess the last commercial break before it is a time time for the seventh period stretch. <laughs> <laughs> And what was the one about um, at, when the game ends, please uh, exit your couch safely? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you guys see the one where they said, 
thanks to all the fans, and it was just four big, huge fans sitting in the row. <laughs> like, oh, that's what that was, fans. Yeah. I didn't get it. <laughs> that's what I, I was. Forget I was you. dying. Tonight's attendance zero. They've been nailing it. Yeah. I'd rather see the live presentation than the TV presentation. I've said my piece. I'm sure I'll be labeled a uh, bitching snowflake, and that's fine, but I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, you know what? Sorry, just before you, you move on, one thing that is, uh, has confused me, I'm not sure why this has never happened before. Uh, up here, we lived through um, a strike at the CBC, and during that time, they had the CFL and uh, the CFL broadcast. So what they did is they played like just the stadium sounds. Now, not sure that's going to work in this case with, you know, nobody in the, nobody in the, uh, in the arenas. Um, and that's a little bit different, but I'm, I'm not sure why in this day of technology, we've never had the option of, of turning off the common, like they got that SAP or whatever. Why, like, why has nobody offered, you know, go in, hit your SAP, and then you can, it can sound like you're, you're really there. You can hear the music that's there. You can hear the PA announcer that's there. You can hear, like, the Yeah, we want to hear the PA announcer. There is a clever trick you can do that I just haven't, I haven't tried, but it, it, it can absolutely happen if you have a home theater. If you have a home theater. If you turn off your center channel during live sports, it will drown out the commentators almost completely. I don't know if that'll work during the, uh, I, I don't know if they're broadcasting it any differently because there's nobody there and it's through another channel. <laughs> I haven't tried it, but that's why I hit mute. Um, do, you all, do you all remember when the, uh, one of the networks did that in an NFL game? It was, right. uh, it was a worthless Saturday afternoon game. I think it was Buffalo and the Jets or Buffalo and Miami, two crappy teams. I said it. Um, and they didn't have any play-by-play guys. They just did did what Dave was just saying. They yeah they did they did it, and I I long I long for it. It was years ago now. It was probably over fifteen years ago. I believe it was a Montreal game. They just mic'd the the audience. They did not have commentary, so it was like being at the arena, and it was wonderful. It was so great to just actually experience it like if you were sitting in in a seat at the arena the carolina hurricanes as the game goes in the, uh, another overtime uh, just tweeted we don't have any words we don't you we know you don't want to hear them we understand your anger you're frustrated your sadness everything you're feeling we get it this is the start time we imagined and certainly not the one we wanted thank you for being there the entire way <laughs> Right, because uh, they announced that the, the Boston-Carolina game will start 88 minutes after the conclusion of this game. So right now we're looking at 10 o'clock at the earliest. Wow. Why 88? I don't know. I I'm don't 86 know. 86 and three quarters. What, what 88 is the number. I was Surface about to say, what does the NHL do that makes any sense, but they've been able to play hockey without anybody getting sick. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> Well, Canada has a big role in that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They did tell the uh, the Blue Jays to f off, and now they're playing in Buffalo. They're playing in Buffalo, correct? Like right now, they're they're oh, playing they the first game in Buffalo right now. And Major League Baseball, in their infinite wisdom, knows that nobody wants to see a game played in a new stadium for the first time ever. So they're showing the Kansas City Cincinnati game. 
sounds about right. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I, uh, that's the other thing we didn't mention. Um, the uh, the coverage on NBC when okay. they had all these games going, when they were bouncing it to other. To, oh my goodness, what a mess! The Capitals uh, Bruins game was not on locally. It was supposed to be on NBC Sports Washington. They were playing the Wizards game because trust me, everyone in DC wants to watch the Wizards. Um, it wasn't on the alternate channel. <laughs> they had radio broadcast of it because people were calling in trying to find out what was going on because they couldn't watch it on. It, it's That part hasn't been good. You, you'd think, because um, NBC does the Olympics, you would think they'd have this this kind of technical side of it figured out. Like I get, you, you have to improvise, you know, you're going to have to juggle things around, but you should have some options set up and be able to switch out channels and then let people know what channels the, the game that you actually want to watch is going to be continued on when they failed miserably several times. I am, uh, it's a very good point you just made. I am, even though I am quite thankful that the uh, NHL is back, uh, it is amazing to me that this huge, big, huge, giant conglomerate known as NBC Universal couldn't advertise to take care of that. That's just me. That's just me. I mean, they're covering so many other. Oh, wait, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. They did have the Premier Lacrosse League going for a little while. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh no, get started, please. Nothing. Darn it. No. All right. No, we haven't had a good Kelly rant in a while. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good one. We had a we had a mini Kelly rant. Uh, I was happy she showed up for this one. A very so I, I figure out four weeks or more, and Kelly's ready for her show. Yeah, I need about a month. Yeah, uh, which is pro <laughs> with the NHL, I get you. You know what I mean. Um, with that being said, I guess it's time to talk about why I brought Dave on <laughs> in the first place, and that is the curious case of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Even I. This Toronto hater that I am, God damn you, Toronto. Even I, with Dave always referencing Joe effing Carter, was blown away and actually sad that they couldn't figure out what, how that they, that where we are the way, where we are at this moment with the Bay Police. Um, and this is a long story from 1967 on. <laughs> It, it It is more in-depth than I ever realized. We're not going to hit all the points, but I guess I'll just go to Dave to start. Why? <laughs> Why? What's going on? Well, there's a, there's a book out by a, a writer, uh, a Toronto writer, and it's, uh, it's a few years old now, but it's called The Leafs Really Suck. <laughs> 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 and here's, and here's how they could get better. <laughs> It's on my list. I haven't, I don't have it. I haven't read it, but. Uh, Good timing. But you know, it's, if you look at it a couple of, you could look at it a couple different ways. So let, let's, let's take a minute. Let's compare them to like, let's say the Patriots, the New England Patriots, but let's do it in an opposite way. <laughs> so uh -oh. what has made the, the Patriots so successful, right? I mean, me as a fan. Jesus oh, okay. Christ, so I send you a, a we'll, we'll we'll send Paul a Leafs jersey and boom, it'll, it's I'll on. Be over. <laughs> they just move them to Boston and then they'll win because everybody wins in Boston. Boston, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's been 
a week and a half since we won the championship. Shut up, Paul. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Damn you. I enjoy it's that been at that. least three months. There's been yeah. no sports. <laughs> no. In a week and a half. The Boston, Boston Cannons. Won Major League Lacrosse. Okay, like again. <laughs> <laughs> a sport that people show up for. Nobody <laughs> showing up for anything. Wow, she. Wow, <laughs> Kelly with this fucking shade this week. Cardboard people don't count as real people. Hey, hey, my Unless cardboard's matters for the election. Kelly, I would like to know how you really feel about lacrosse. <laughs> oh, boy, I quite <laughs> like watching lacrosse, but uh, I, I am done with uh, organized lacrosse. That's my, it's also my religion argument. So <laughs> okay. we're gonna bring, we should bring her on for the next uh, Stadium Journey lacrosse podcast to find out why. Because oh, now I, we haven't had this conversation. I'm deathly curious why. Go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> off topic. But anyway, off topic so alert. The, the Patriots. So the Patriots, they always talk about this culture of winning, right? And, and you have uh, stability in their leadership. Um, and then you have like the big, the big centerpiece, or at least you had the big centerpiece star. Well, once the Leafs, you know, got past 67, and into the 70s, all of that stuff happened in reverse, right? So uh, everybody knows the name Con Smythe. Con Smythe was, I mean, a, a deserving uh, Hall of Famer as a builder, um, built the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was the brainchild behind building Maple Leaf Gardens, which produced a whole lot of, of revenue um, for the team. But once Con Smythe was, once Con Smythe had died and he started, you know, divesting some of his shares, his son Stafford Smythe got some, but this guy Harold Ballard ended up getting a lot. And Harold Ballard assumed majority ownership in 72, I think. Uh, and he was a disaster, like an absolute disaster. Uh, if you look at the late 70s, 80s, not, uh, yeah, eight, late 70s, 80s was when the NHL began to change a lot. You had European players starting to come in. Well, some would say, well, you know, the Leafs had Borea Salming. They got Borea Salming like behind Ballard's back. Ballard, Harold Ballard was was one of the biggest bigots ever. He wanted nothing to do with Russians. He wouldn't allow, he wouldn't allow um, uh, like, like foreign bands to come in and play. Uh, he, you know, he, he really wanted nothing to do with, with any sort of foreign player. Um, by the time Salming had got there, it got to be huge. And of course, he's in the Hall of Fame now. You know, that was it. Uh, I realize that the Hockey Hall of Fame as, a, as an institution, not as a building or an attraction, but as an institution, was a joke when I found out that Harold Ballard was a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, uh, he, he did not have, like you think of the Robert Kraft, Tom Brady relationship. Harold Ballard never had that relationship with anybody. And he had plenty of guys who he could have, right? Uh, he ran Daryl Sittler out of town. He ran Lanny McDonald out of town. Um, you know, 
I have no idea why Boris Solming stayed as long as he did. And Harold Ballard was all about money. Money, 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 money. So for the longest time, it was, when are the Leafs going to win? Well, you know, come and talk to us when Harold Ballard dies. <laughs> well, sure enough, Harold Ballard died eventually. Uh, was taken over by Steve Stavro, who was a, a grocery store magnate. And, and then, you know, he didn't end up with enough money to keep the, the ship going. And uh, it became, after that, it became really a corporate team because they were bought. Uh, and this personally was a, a little bit of a challenge for me professionally. Um, he was bought by the Ontario Teachers Pension Board. So literally, the Toronto Maple Leafs were owned by a consortium of money. <laughs> and by that time, the, the opposite of the Patriot way had happened. They didn't have a culture of winning. They had a really well-developed ingrained culture of losing. And to get out of that culture is really, really, really difficult. Now, Dan, when you, you, you said like the Leafs are like the, the Cubs of hockey, right? No, Mark said that. I wouldn't make that. I would not dare. Okay. I hate Chicago Cubs. So much, I would not dare ever make that distinction and, and compare the two because I don't hate Toronto that much. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, like there were, there were blips. Um, 93, they were in the, in the conference final, and they probably should have gone to the Stanley Cup final. Um, and, and it's hugely controversial here because that year – uh, the, the high sticking rule was very, very specific, right? So if, if you hit someone in the head with a stick and drew blood, that was a game and, and a suspension, right? So you were gone from the game and you were gone for the next game. So in game, I think it was game six, uh, against the Kings, Doug Gilmore took one of those sticks, drew blood. It just so happened that the dude with the stick, his name was Wayne Gretzky, and there was no penalty. And Gretzky went on to score the game-winning goal, and then, right? So it's like, I mean, for, for Leaf fans, that's as close to the curse of the Billy Goat as you can get, right? Or the, cur the curse of the Bambino. But getting out of that losing culture has been, has been so hard. Um, I'm not one to blame the media because I don't think you can blame the media, but the media in Toronto is a factor. It's absolutely a factor. I've heard you're not the first one that said that at all. You have, you have essentially, like Toronto is essentially a four newspaper town. Four. The Toronto Sun, the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, which is the national paper, and the National Post. They all headquarter in Toronto. And... Unfortunately, for the rest of Canada, Toronto has the highest population. They get the most coverage. There, there is a distinct um, dislike of Toronto. Uh, for years and years, uh, I just finished this book, The Battle of Alberta. And one of the things they talked about was how people in Ontario didn't see the Battle of Alberta because there was one game on, and it was on uh, one game on the CBC on Saturday nights, and it was the Leafs and whoever happened to be playing the Leafs. And we didn't get Calgary and, and Edmonton. We didn't see, you know, Gretzky and, 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 and Lenny McDonald go at it. And we didn't see, you know, Lee Fogelin and, and 
um, you know, Stu Grimson, like punching the snot out of each other. And, and it became so leaf centric that it was, it, it developed a lot of hatred throughout the rest of Canada. Now, where does that leave us now? Well, cycle, cycle. Uh, they got really bad again, of course. They drafted Austin Matthews first overall, which, you know, I still think it's a, it, it's a wait and see. I mean, is is he like Sidney Crosby yet? Well, obviously not. Um, could he be? Well, maybe. There's very um, few people that are going to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and definitely not at the rate that Crosby was Crosby. Right, because uh, you know Crosby was well, he was the best player in the league at, at, in what two years, maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could could Austin Matthews get there? Uh, maybe. I think people around here still think he's got a lot to learn. What about Bab? Was Babcock? Was Babcock wasn't the issue, was he? Uh, you know, Babcock was viewed as a, a, a savior. You know, he was a. They brought in like. Here's the timeline. Um, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment were sold by the Teachers Pension Board. They were purchased by an even crazier uh, consortium. Um, a third is owned by Rogers Communications. A third is owned by their biggest direct competitor, uh, Bell Communications. So, I mean, that's like that's like ESPN and, and Fox Sports owning the same team. Can you can you do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the last third is, and deciding vote is um, held by a guy by the name of Larry Tenenbaum. So like the board meetings in this place are ridiculous. Now, imagine, you know, you're, when you're fighting about, about who is, who, who's covering what games, you know, what games get to go on what channel, you know, does TSN get, which games and does Sportsnet get which other games, right? Like it's not, it's not just a matter of who's paying the most money. Like the people sitting in that boardroom are like, wait a second, that's mine. And the other people are also saying, well, that's mine. And I want it on my station and I want it on my station. Jesus. Add to that, that Rogers pulled a huge power play and basically shut Bell out of hockey coverage um, totally. Right, they bought the rights to the Canadian Comcast. Yeah, the national uh, Rogers has the rights to all the national broadcasts, so not even the CBC anymore. Rogers threw them a bone, and their coverage is still on the CBC. Oh, th- thank you, Rogers. Right, but and you know the CBC is a public broadcaster, so it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be spending billions and billions of dollars on hockey coverage when half of their budget is, is funded by taxpayers. So like the corporate structure is, is quite confusing. Um, you know, what, what else, like, like Babcock was viewed, he came in right after um, they hired Brendan Shanahan. Tim Laiwicki was this big, huge executive that came in to be the CEO of MLSE. And he did a few things. He, he hired, um, he hired this guy, Tim Bezpachenko, to run uh, Toronto FC, who was huge. They brought in Masai Ujiri to run the Raptors. Huge, really huge, totally paid off. 
Uh, and then they brought in Brendan Shanahan to run the lease. So Shanahan then hires Rulaire Morello, but everybody knew that Mike Babcock was going to be the coach. And he was, I mean, he was the senior guy in the league at that point. He had been with the Red Wings for so long. Whether or not you think he was the best coach or not, eh, whatever. But it was really viewed as, you know, the Leafs have all this money. Obviously, there's a salary cap, so now they're spending it, right? So was was Babcock the problem? No, I think he just he was just like everybody else. You know, he didn't win fast enough, and then the papers got involved, and it was all about, well, I think it's time to go into a new direction, da, 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 and blah, 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 and, and, you know, story after story after story after story after story. And then um, – Shanahan had a bit of a problem with his general managers. So he had Lou Lamorello, but then he had the current guy as the assistant, Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas is like the wonder kid, right? He was running a junior hockey team. He was running the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in his 20s, right? He's, he's viewed as this, this prodigy. And then they also had Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter was running the London Knights and you know the London Knights were are, are probably the most successful Canadian hockey league uh franchise going oh like, those hunters yeah 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 <laughs> you know Dale Dale Hunter took his his shot at coaching the the Capitals um was it Kelly you said as soon as he could get out he got out well yeah I mean when you bring a coach in who's like you know what the problem is Ovechkin. <laughs> it's not going to go well. <laughs> well, you know, he was, he was never going to last because when you coach junior for so long, and, and, it, and we've seen it before, like Patrick Watt, same sort of deal, right? You tell these 18-year-old kids what to do, and they do it, or they sit, right? It's like some of these big-time college coaches. Well, then you go to the pros, and you got everybody, you know, with agents and making three times the money that you are as a coach or whatever. And forget that. But, you know, that's how – does Alexander Ovechkin fit into Dale Hunter's view of how hockey should be played? Absolutely not. Right? Nope. Like – Ruin that string of 50 goal years. <laughs> Yeah, Dale Hunter's view of how hockey should be played is how Dale Hunter played hockey. Really? I have no comment. Yeah, I witnessed that. So, <laughs> so both too. Yeah. But anyway, Ovechkin any day. <laughs> but the uh, so the Leafs had this sort of three-headed monster, and the other teams started calling. Right? They started calling for. They wanted to interview Kyle Dubas and uh, you know, as a, as a professional organization, you can only stop that for so long. Yeah. If it's not a lateral move, you can't stop him from making a, a, a move up. So they had to make a decision, which is that they retired Lula Morello to the Islanders or whatever. And then Mark Hunter went back. And then it was at that point that, you know, the wonder kid really took over. Is he done? No. 
Okay, his, that was my next question. That's his good. roster now is is not done. It can't be done, right? It's yeah. it's a this this Leafs team is a unique team amongst Leafs. So I mean, to me, here are some of the most significant Maple Leafs in the last like three decades: Mike Palmatier, Grant Fuhr, Felix Podven, Curtis Joseph, Ed Belfour. What do those guys all have in common? I think. They're goalies. They are <laughs> was, all goalies. That was sarcasm, guys. But they are all goalies who carried the Leafs, <laughs> right? Facing 40, 50 shots a game, right? That Leaf defense is the dude between the pipes. <laughs> I was going to say right? Swiss cheese. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, so, so a goalie's next, huh? <laughs> Uh, Kelly, your comments uh, after Dave's analysis of the Maple Leafs over what you've uh, witnessed, and then of course Paul. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> I think anytime you get a corporation involved in owning a team, it's just it's it's not gonna work out. Um, yeah, we know Ballard is a horrible person on so many levels um and end was bad at running the team so like just a terrible person and was also bad at anything related to um a hockey team and of course when you're running a hockey team you have to be good you have to be at least somewhat a people person and from everything that i've read um and heard discussed that was not the case uh at all so that just wasn't going to work out um, but yeah, once once you have a corporation running a team, it just it 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 never seems to to turn out good because a corporation does not care about championships, despite whatever press releases they will release when they make all their changes and hire and fire everybody. They they don't care. All they care about is the bottom line. So I I don't see that working out. Um, when you were talking about the. Dubis, I would. It's funny the the par, the parallels with what happened um, in Washington um, were jumped out at me because that was the that was the case after Trotz won the Cup in Washington. Um, teams had been contacting the Caps for Reardon, who was the assistant coach, um, for a while, and they they got to the point where they they couldn't stop them, so they had to make they had to make the choice, and Trotz kind of gave them an out when he, when the contract after the cup win and all that kind of stuff, they, they kind of had their out and they, they let him go. And it's just funny that, that him and Lamarillo joined up in, in New York as the old cranky guys now. The, the playing their, their form of, oh my God, the most unbelievably boring hockey. It's, yeah, you have the mastermind of those Devils teams, which ruined hockey. And then you've got Barry Trotz with like one, maybe one and a half, talented offensive players oh it's so it's man this series is gonna just be terrible <laughs> it's gonna be so boring uh but yeah that, that's my thoughts i don't know toronto's a mess paul paul the, the maple leafs oh uh, i got some breaking news the nhl has postponed the boston carolina game <laughs> until 11 o'clock tomorrow morning <laughs> All right, thank you for your Toronto Maple Leafs stick. No, just... so so have you called? So have you called in sick? To yeah, work? I've got to call in sick. To work tomorrow. Just no, tell him I have. 
Uh, I'm yeah, sorry, I can't come and have coronavirus. I'll see you in two weeks. I'm going to sit in my office and watch the damn game. <laughs> 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 um, I, I don't know. You guys have been having a serious discussion. I've been on Twitter looking at some <laughs> hilarious takes. The Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets of all teams just said, this game is like a CVS receipt. <laughs> this, I, I, this, I, Tortorella loves this. This is what he thinks hockey should be. And, and Vegas just said, uh, we want to thank the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars for respecting our start time. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um, Toronto, geez. Yeah, it's, it's been a mess. Everybody's known it's been a mess since way back in the day. and. I guess, yeah, uh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. Sound like Yogi Bear there. Yogi <laughs> Bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, but running a team by committee never works. And that's why you end up with a, a team with one line that has a higher salary cap hit than like all the entire forwards of the team that just eliminated them. <laughs> well, like currently, uh, the salary cap situation has not, and, and the timing of contracts has not really helped them out. Um, they, they, they probably dropped the ball silent, signing uh, William Nylander to the, the price tag that they did. Um, and it was, you know, one of these deals, this never works, is the dude holds out, and then you sign him more than what you really wanted to sign him. And then he comes back, but he, he's missed the preseason. He's missed the, a first, the first few weeks of the season. And then it takes him a while to fire it up. But then he's feeling the pressure, right? Like, well, wait a second. You've only scored three goals in the last three weeks. We're paying you all this money. But it's still it's still preseason for the guy. That plus, they had Mitch Marner coming up next, who I don't know if anybody believed in Mitch Marner as much as Mark Hunter did, and Mark Hunter is gone um, because Marner was a London guy also. But he's small, and he kind of he, he's one of these guys that came out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but. He's vastly exceeded expectations to put him in a position where he's at now. But I think probably the best question, though, is, um, you know, can, can Austin Matthews lead a team? And he hasn't shown that he can. And I think now people are also questioning, you know, can John Tavares lead a team? You know, how much of of how much of Tavares's, you know, playoff experience have we just chalked up to the Islanders being the Islanders versus, well, wait a second. You know, this guy was the face of the Islanders and they, the Leafs didn't have to work to get him. No. He came to them, right? You know, go, go look at the pictures of him when he was like six in his bedroom in his Maple Leafs sheet set and comforter underneath his Maple Leafs wallpaper. Like this was preordained that this was going to happen in free agency. You know, people in Toronto aren't, aren't convinced that, that Austin Matthews is a long-term solution. People are waiting for him to, 
to take his free agency eventually and go home and go be an Arizona Coyote. Wow. Really? Well, you, I mean, you threw out the comparison when you were talking about Crosby. And here's the difference. Pittsburgh um, got two generational talents, not, not disputed. And Austin Matthews, I don't know about generational, but he's really, really, really good. Um, Pittsburgh, however, built a team around their generational talents. Lemieux was scoring tons of points, and Austin Matthews is too. But Pittsburgh put a team around him, mm-hmm. and they they became that playoff juggernaut uh, that won two straight cups. And they did the same thing for Crosby. Um, Crosby came in the league. He lost Rookie of the Year. <laughs> um, he, but they built that team up, uh, you know, and and they found those other players. They found a lot of young, great young players because they had lots of early draft picks, um, and they they built the team that Crosby needed. Now, yes, he def- he definitely has that that X factor. He is he just seems to be a born hockey leader. He's that guy that that everyone's like, yep, we're just going to fall right in line behind him, and we will follow where he goes. And usually, it's pretty good results. Um, Austin Matthews definitely doesn't have that in Toronto. Uh, I think Dubis is trying to address that i mean they have no defense nothing they're very they, they very young no. i went through the roster today and i was like wow i they, jake muzzin is the only dude who's like who's 30 yeah and they traded and they traded away three or four young prospects to to get him to get that experience but so they they haven't even come close to building a team that can win in the current environment around him um They've got the offense, <laughs> uh, for the most part. They've got the offense. Um, to your other question, uh, no, no one thinks that uh, Matthews is ready to be uh, the leader because he didn't get the C. Now we know what that was about. He was gonna get the C, um, but then that whole, you know, incident that no one talks about, and somehow he's nominated for the Lady Bing, whatever. Um, but yeah, but you can't it's it's a like it's like the it's like the thing everywhere can you build a team around stamkos can you build a team around ovechkin can ovechkin lead them to the promised land no ovechkin can't he has to have a team <laughs> he has to have secondary scoring and a defense that's competent and a goaltender who doesn't fall apart when the penguins are on the other side of the ice <laughs> you know all these things going to have to fall into into place um, but it, it's it's never it's never one guy. And I, and if you hear um, Crosby talk, he never talks about, I did this, I did that. It's always about the team. And, that, and that's what it takes. In hockey, I think above all other sports, you have to have the complete package. And what the complete package is, is a weird like mathematical equation and magic elf things. <laughs> you never know what it is. Because if someone knew what it was, every team that possibly could would build it that they would just use all the parts that you're supposed to and put it together for the right amount of time and then each team would get their chance to win a championship but it's not like that well in this in this past series against the blue jackets i think and in your your comparison to to pittsburgh is interesting because when crosby came in within three three years they were three very strong centers deep right 
to the point where Jordan Stahl had to go and find somewhere to play. Um, I think the Leafs against Columbus were in trouble as soon as they put a line together that was Tavares, Matthews, and Mitch Marner. Because once you got past that first line, there was nobody else to make that second line click. And then even the, the like the, the Leafs in the 90s were the, like the 93 team. They were two strong, they were two strong lines. One line led by Gilmore, the second line led by Sundin. And then the third line was like the super checker line. But this Leafs team, you know, they don't have that identity. The lines aren't like etched in stone. Um, and and that, those great teams have to have two, at least two solid scoring lines, unless they're the Devils, two solid scoring lines and then, and then go from there. Um, Leaf fans are not used to having a, a gold, well, I guess they are now, but a goaltender who is not standing on his head, who, who, who lets in a, a soft one here or there. I mean, that just, that doesn't play, that doesn't play in Toronto. Right. Uh, and uh, I, I love Cujo. He was one of my favorite players. Cujo led in plenty of soft goals. <laughs> However, he would balance that out with us. He would throw in a regular season game where he would have 55 saves and he mm. was the only reason that the Leafs were in the game. So I think, I think uh, nostalgia plays a little part in that. Um, Belfour, I'd say was, would be maybe more the the very consistent, never had a bad game kind of, kind of goalie. Well, By the way, of- officially this uh, Tampa Bay uh, Columbus game is longer than the Flyers Pittsburgh game, and has also lasted longer than Adam Oates' Flyers career. Adam Oates had a Flyers career. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I would like to thank Justin. <laughs> would like to thank Jay Sasquilla for Broad Street Hockey for that one. Yes, he did. It was that long. The Toronto scoreboard guy is at it again. I saw it. Or, or, or girl, I, I'm not, I don't want to assume. We apologize if you had other plans tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Butchergross just tweeted out, uh, I think we're going to have a vaccine before we see another goal in this <laughs> Ooh. And wow. somebody, just, somebody just, oh, somebody just tweeted, very bold of the NHL to assume that this game will be over by 11 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have to keep talking about that Flyers-Penguins game because it's one of those things that I put in my list of chapping my ass where we talk about – Hey, remember when we won this game? Like, yeah, when was our last cup? Sorry, I'm bitter. Dave, close it out about the Maple Leafs, sir. Well, here's a here's a thought. Um, the Red Wings went through this. Like, a lot of teams have to to learn to win. You know, you you go through the playoffs a little bit. Uh, you you take your lumps before you can ascend to the next level. You know, are are the Leafs in that category? I don't know. Um, I, the Leafs were totally bit by the Boston bug for for the last few years. Uh, so Yellow I would black man. I'm telling I, I would you. I would think that this one hurts a little bit more, just because it's not Boston, and um, there was a lot of assumptions that that they could have they could have won this one. Interesting. But but you know next year uh, next year is going to be a really a really important 
year for this team. Um, I'm not sure how much movement is going to happen in the off season overall uh, with, with all of the craziness and, and scheduling weirdness. So do I see the, the Leafs changing a lot of the pieces? I don't. Um, but is there, a, is there some maturity that's going to happen? Is there some growth that's going to happen? Um, can, they, can they come up with some, some solid lines that aren't flip-flopped and here, there, and everywhere? And I don't know. It's wait and see. Well, we might be having you on this time next year to have a different conversation. We don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Or whenever, not this time next year, maybe earlier. I don't know. Or oh, wrap up the Blue Jackets game this time next year. <sighs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was a very good episode this week. Uh, I appreciate uh, Dave Cotney for coming on to talk to the Leafs. Uh, I just Go didn't want to do it alone and not have somebody who could actually speak for the Leafs without me just going, you know, they suck. No. <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, ping pong ball the other day? Um, the, the draft lottery? The Maple Leafs ball actually, you know how they all went into this jug and then there was a vacuum tube in the top? The Leafs ping pong ball actually hit both posts. Oh, wow. It dropped down, and then the Rangers ball went up the middle. If that isn't a goddamn metaphor for the freaking Maple Leafs. But it, it's like, the, you know, and as a Flyers fan, I always I put this in per, into perspective like this, Dave. It's like I always say, well, it's been so long. And then I'm like, well, I mean, there is the Maple Leafs. So it's like if they win first, how upset can I be? I don't know. I the, the whole playoffs went. They went just the dice went whoop random. I was gonna say probably the the best allegory metaphor for the Maple Leafs is actually Chicago. Chicago hadn't won since what the forties or fifties. Yeah, and they were totally a victim of a horrible owner who would mm-hmm. penny pinch and wouldn't spend a dime, and they were an absolute mess. I think they had some more a little bit more playoff success. They never won the big one, obviously won, but they were a consistent playoff team despite yeah. the penny pinching. And once that guy died, <laughs> they, they really figured it out pretty quickly. Um, but also they loaded up with all these really, really high picks and built a great team that, you know, three, three cups in five years is pretty darn good. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they went from know. 60 to 2010, the Blackhawks did. So, yeah, 15 years. Yeah, I remember 2010. Thanks, uh, Paul. And they were able to um, – 2013. Hey. They were able yeah. to decide who, who were the right people to, to keep and who were the right people to let go, right? Like, not everybody was around for all of those years, and they had to pick and choose which young guy gets to stay and which young guy's got to go. Yeah, they did have – and I, like I said – they had a, they did have a single owner. It wasn't it wasn't a corporation? It was the son of Dollar Bill. So they, <laughs> they had it, you have one guy calling the shots. Anyone who's worked in the real world knows it's better to have one boss than several bosses. And for wrestling fans that are listening, compare it to WCW in its entirety. There, that explains it. One boss versus fifty. With that being said, Dave. People follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Profan9. And, of course, I'll be here next week for the Stadium Journey podcast. 
Hell yeah. And we got it. We have to have, we uh, get scheduling a, a lacrosse one so I can bring Kelly on. Cause I got to hear this. Well, maybe not if, if we, we get somebody from the cannons on. We're not having Kelly. Yeah, on. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I want to. I want to have her on the same show. Like, have two separate segments. Here's the guy for the cannons, Kelly. Welcome. Let's discuss. And now, now here's the counterpoint. <laughs> Paul, where can people follow you? I'm at Puckman Ri. Kelly, do you want people following you, or should I just send them the Obey Puck Show? Yeah, you can do that. I I had a Twitter handle, but I haven't been on Twitter in months, and I don't think I'll be going back. I'm going to give you access to the, the hockey one, then. Uh, the so the that's one. why you haven't answered my messages. Yeah, so, yeah, you got a messenger on Facebook, dude. <laughs> if you did that, I'm sorry, Paul. No, I'm kidding. Nothing personal. <laughs> Unless no, you were talking like, about lacrosse. <laughs> she looked at me one day, she said, Paul is messaging me. I'm never coming back on here again. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first woman to say that. Yeah, if she ain't saying it to me, buddy, she ain't going to say it to you. Let me just say that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83. Obey the Puck is kind of there at Obey Puck Show, but you got to go to VOCNation.com to listen to the podcast. Or if you're on your smartphone, type in VOC Nation Radio Network. Or if you want to watch this um, live, you're already there, twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. Or watch it later, youtube.com slash DanLaw83 for Dave Cotney. Paul Baker, and Kelly Levy. I am the above average comedian, Dan Calchico. We will see you next. Well, we'll see you in two weeks because we got playoff hockey. I'm sure we'll find something. Playoffs? Playoffs? Have a good one, everybody. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray there, too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. 
each and every Thursday night. Check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.